Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. And uh, we're moving on to the hour that has been uh, graciously devoting, uh, devoted by Priscilla and Tom to speak about sponsorship, and I see they're both here, and I want to welcome you both to this hour, and welcome everybody here, uh, and since it's a new hour and there may be some new people, I'd like to open this meeting with the serenity prayer, and let's take a moment of silence, and uh, let's take that moment now and followed by prayer. Mm-hmm. God, God, grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to difference. I will. I will not mine be done. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I don't know if you guys have agreed to who wants to speak first. I, uh, I hope it's Priscilla, but uh... <laughs> wait, wait just a minute. I don't think that's very nice to Tom. <laughs> I know Tom. Tom. Tom's okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, without further ado, I am going to invite Priscilla to speak to us about sponsorship. Thank you. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Priscilla. And um, I'm glad to be on with uh, folks tonight. And sponsorship, I think, is kind of, uh, for me, an interesting topic because um, it seems like for somebody who likes to control everything in my life, that being able to follow somebody else's uh, suggestions was a very new concept. And when my Sponsor first said, if I would just follow what she suggested, it would help me learn how to work the steps. And it, that just seems so strange that for someone who tried to break rules for all of her life, that I had to follow somebody's rules. And yet I found that that's what was going to work for me. And I, I thank my first sponsor um, for her wisdom what I learned too in um, the whole notion of sponsorship is like it says on the 12th step that um, we have to carry this message to others and practice the principles in all our, our affairs. That seems like a pretty easy thing to do, but the first um, few sponsees I had, what I realized is I was trying to be their therapist I was trying to help them solve all their problems and listen to them for hours on end, go on and on about things in their life. And I was talking with somebody after a couple of years who had more experience and they said, no, your job is to help people work the steps. That's all you have to do. And that's really made my life as a sponsor so much better because being also um, I'm two sides of the same coin because I'm a good uh, SNN as well that I thought it was my job to fix everybody's problems and once I realized it was about helping people walk through the steps that made sense and I felt comfortable doing that I know that different people, and I'll be curious for um, y'all to to share your experience, strength, and hope as well, 
uh, different people have different ways of sponsoring um, because I don't like to follow rules. I tend to be a sponsor that um, gives recommendations and suggestions to people. I don't give that you have to do this, this, and this, or I'm going to fire you as a sponsee because I don't like people to tell me what to do. I figure that my sponsees might be in the same situation. And so I have found that sharing my experience, strength, and hope around um, problems that they come up against is one of the best ways to help folks kind of start walking through the steps. Um, um, And kind of just looking at my notes too, I think one of the things that has been hardest for me in working with sponsees is when someone wants to stay in the problem. Um, Negativity in my mind and staying in the problem is not any way to get to long-term sobriety. Um, By staying in negativity and the problem is just making the holes deeper and deeper. I think that, um, one of the things that I do as a sponsor, as my sponsors, I first tell them what my expectations are. And my expectations for a brand new sponsee are that they call me every day, that they write down at least three to five things they're grateful for, and that they read two to three pages from uh, essay approved literature. And I would love to say that all my sponsees follow my um, suggestions exactly. And the reality is I've only had one sponsee in 20 some years that has followed my suggestions of calling every day and doing those things. And that's okay. As long as folks are are willing to continue to walk each day um, and finding a better way of living I guess when I first started talking, I didn't really say, introduce myself. I've been in um, SA and sober since February 7th, 1993. And I talked with um, someone, I got a call today from someone else's sponsee. And she said, I was asking what to do. And I thought, it helps me to step back and go, what my sponsee told me when I was in that situation. So I think when I hear someone with a problem, it helps keep me sober because I remember that I, I don't want to go back into that old behavior and feeling all the, the shame and the guilt that I felt. And with new sponsees as well, it's helpful. I think for, even if they haven't, officially work steps one, two, and three. I think it's good to talk with sponsees about those first three steps. Once I realized that I was powerless over anything except me, that helped me be able to start understanding that I can't control the world. And thank goodness, that's not my job. Um, The second step in talking with sponsees is for me, explaining what my uh, vision of a higher power is and what that looks like. And since that can vary so much with the individuals you're working with, I think it's important just to have a general conversation of what a concept of a higher power might be. And then the the third step course, um, you know, being willing to turn your will in your life or the care of God as you understand God. And that, that one was really hard for me initially to, to think about for myself. But I think it's just a matter of listening to where people are and being willing to help them walk through the steps. I, before the call this evening or the, the conference, I was looking back in the AA big book and There's um, on page 96, something that's for me very helpful. I've had sponsors in the past that are not willing to do any of the work. They want to consistently stay in the problem. 
They don't go to meetings. They don't make phone calls. And that used to make me really frustrated and it made me um, want to be judgmental and all those kinds of things. But my sponsor reminded me of what it says uh, in the big book is that if you have a sponsee that is really not willing to do the work, you're taking up time that you could be using to help someone else. And so I, if I have someone who's just continuing to drag their heels, then I ask them, do you know, do you want to stay sober? You know, do you want to get sober? And I've had uh, women say, well, I'm not really sure. And I said, you know, I get that. I get it completely. And I just encourage them to, you know, continue, come, continue to go to meetings, continue to listen. And I also say to folks sometimes is when I've shared experience, strength, and hope that doesn't seem to connect with them is say, you know, I don't think you and I are making a connection. I think it might be good for your um, recovery if you consider finding another sponsor. You're welcome to continue to call me, but we're not on the same page. I used to feel guilty about that, but I don't anymore because I think we all have individual. There's always people that we connect with more than we do others. And so I think it's important for folks to realize that there are other people to reach out for or reach out to. I think for women in the fellowship, it's perhaps a little more problematic finding a sponsor just because there are not as many women in the program right now. I'm encouraged that more and more women are coming to SA and staying, but it's still a bit of a problem. And when I get a call from someone from another state or another country, I try to give them names or recommendations. And I also tell them that it's a good way is to connect with uh, our SA international office because there are women and a list of women that are available to be sponsors. And so I think my, I'm going to just kind of, wrap up what I don't Tom and I didn't really talk uh, or Harvey and I about how long I'm supposed to talk but I would rather just end my part for now with saying that being a sponsor is one of the best things I've ever done and it's also a really hard thing to do when you sponsor somebody and they decide to leave the fellowship um it's sad for me um my, I have to talk with my sponsor and other people because I think, well, I must have done something wrong. And the reality is, I think sometimes people just aren't ready. Um, they haven't hit their own personal bottom. That they're not ready um, to walk through the steps. So being a sponsor is a, a wonderful thing. And I just looked at my notes too. Something else I wanted to mention a good tool that I use with sponsees is in the white book and it's on page 158 to 167. And that's, we call it the 18 wheeler, the how I overcome my obsession with lust. And it's just such good practical advice that I think it's good for all of us to go back sometime, sometimes to reread that just as a way to, give ourselves that extra push when we might have a struggle here or there. So I think being a sponsor is a great way for me to stay sober, a great way for me to um, have opportunity to serve. And it's also a way for me to learn to have connections with other women. My, I'm much more comfortable um, talking with men. You know, that's, one of the things that brought me to SA, but learning to have real connections with other women has been valuable to me in my recovery. And so with that, I will pass it to Tom and then I'm open to any questions that anyone might have. And I also may just, you know, come up with some other wonderful things I think I need to share. Thanks. 
Tom. Uh, everything that Priscilla said, thank you for letting me share. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you, Priscilla, for sharing this hour with me. Um, it's great to meet you over the airwaves here. Uh, you too. Appreciate, that. appreciate what you had to say. Uh, first of all, my name is Tom. I am a recovering sexaholic. My sobriety date is May 15th of 1996, and for that, I am never sufficiently grateful. Um, I, I think right off the bat, I would say that the key to being a good sponsor is to be a good sponsee. I could never expect anybody to to follow any direction from me if I'm not willing to follow direction from my sponsor. Um, and uh, I've had the, my current sponsor I've had um, since 2007, which is a long time. Uh, he's my third sponsor, and I think I'll keep him. Um, <laughs> he's a, a great guy. He's, he doesn't. He's not in my area. He's about a hundred miles away. Uh, and so we get to see each other at least three or four times a, a year. Um, but I talk to him every week, whether I need to or not. And usually I need to and more if I need to more. Um, but definitely at least once a week. Um, as a sponsee, when I do call him, I'm driving the conversation. Um, I'm the one that needs him. Uh, I believe that a sponsor is only a tool of the program. That helps me in my humility. Um, and sometimes the tool doesn't work anymore and you need to find a different tool. And that pretty much lets me off the hook of being responsible for anybody's sobriety. Uh, you know, they, they're on their own there. My, my job, for lack of a better term, is to just share my experience, strength, and hope on how I work the principles of the program. Um, you know, so... Uh, I listen to my sponsor. I do the things that he asked me to do, whether I like them or not. Uh, one of the, one of the slogans that, that I'm bringing, by the way, to 12 step is called shut up and do it. It's going to rank right up there with take it easy and one day at a time. And well, maybe not, <laughs> but for me, I do. I follow that when he, he gives me a direction, I will do it. Um, and many times I don't really care for his direction. One is journaling. I'm not a journaling person. <laughs> I Amen. Journal, but yet when he says, I want you to do some writing, I do it. And I get a wonderful experience out of it. And I still don't like to journal, but I'm glad that I did it. Uh, so that's kind of where being a good sponsor starts for me, um, following direction. Um, my, my sponsorship has really changed over the years. Um, like many people, you know, I got my first sponsee. And I was thrilled because, wow, somebody actually wants me to sponsor them. This is something else. Like what Priscilla mentioned, I felt it was my job to fix everything that was wrong with them. Um, forgetting that there was a whole lot still wrong with me. Um, you know, and so that's changed, uh, of course, as I've grown in recovery. Um, and let me say this. I am grateful for all the people that have asked me to sponsor them because they have taught me so much. Mm. Um, they've allowed me to practice the principles with them. Um, and I think, I think part of my recovery got, was deepened because of the people that allow me to sponsor them. Um, I've never fired a sponsee ever. I have made suggestions that maybe somebody might be a better fit. Um, I have made suggestions that possibly a new tool is needed. Um, but as long as somebody feels that I have something they want, then uh, that's fine with me. Um, we kind of have a, uh, my sponsor and I talk a lot. I don't sponsor a lot of people. Well, actually, actually that's changed too. I sponsor about 10 people is really being their sponsor. And then I'm a service sponsor for a lot of people uh, in service. Um, uh, I have uh, uh, at the last session, one of my, service sponsees was on. Uh, I, I sponsored him when he was a delegate. Um, I'm sponsoring another delegate from a different region. Um, and so I, I, I have a lot of like, like service sponsees. That's something that's changed over the years. But with an actual sponsee, um, both fairly newcomers and people that have been around in the program for a little while. I don't have a lot of requirements. I'm not one of those um, Gestapo type sponsors. Um, 
because I remember that the whole program is suggestive. So I make a lot of suggestions like, you know, I suggest when you jump out of the airplane with the uh, parachute, you pull the ripcord. Uh, but it's up to you if you want to take my suggestions. Um, my requirements, though, are that you call me. And these change. You know, if it's a newcomer, they're going to call me every day. And if it's somebody that's been around a while, they're going to call me a minimum of, of every week. Because that's what I do. I call my sponsor every week. Um I require them to go to at least two meetings a week, if not more. And one of them has to be a meeting that I go to because I want to see their smiling face. Uh, And they want to see mine. Uh, And they know how to keep me smiling. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, I, I require them to work steps, traditions, and concepts, depending upon where they are in the program. Um, uh, But definitely the steps. And, through those three simple things, um, I, how do I put this? I've never been fired. I've, I've been let go, but never really fired. You know, nobody said you wound way too tight for me. I'm out of here uh, yet. And I always have to add the word yet. Um, as I sponsor people, I have to remember that, of course, everybody has an opinion, but what they need to hear is my experience, strength, and hope. And, so that's where I try to come from is how I've handled similar situations. Uh, those are just in our meeting guidelines. It's really simple. Um, over the years now, I've come to realize that I'm not responsible for somebody else's sobriety or recovery. They're responsible for it. My job is to tell them how I worked the principles of the program. And, you know, so far they've worked pretty well for me. Um, Again, I will add the word yet because I'm on the West Coast of the United States. It's still pretty early. Things could change. Um, Hopefully they won't. My intention is to continue in sobriety and recovery through the evening and wake up tomorrow in a pretty good place and start all over again. Um, But I try to uh, share, um, uh, like I said, from a place of, of experience, strength, and hope what has worked for me, and then also what has not worked for me. There's been a lot of things in program that haven't worked for me. Um, you know, a way of doing a step or a, or a concept. Um, you know, again, I mentioned journaling. I don't, I, don't, I don't require a whole lot of journaling. However, when it comes to step writing, I do require a lot of writing. That's my suggestion. You need to get put pen to paper and write out what's going on for you. Uh, as you go through the steps. Um, the last session, they were talking about principles. And for me, the principles start with 36 simple principles that if, if practiced on a daily basis will relieve me of, and you know the rest of the quote from the big book. Um, uh, and I might be returned to sanity. And those uh, are, of course, steps, traditions, and concepts of service. But there's a lot of other principles that are involved in there. Um, And that's my my job, so to speak, is to guide people through those principles. Um, And hopefully they'll, you know, pass into sobriety and then pass from sobriety into recovery and live happy, joyous and free. I think that's what we're looking looking forward to doing on a daily basis. Another thing about uh, how thing, how sponsoring has changed for me, I find myself nowadays sponsoring a lot of old timers, people that have been in the program for a while. And, and I love the newcomer. I love working with newcomers, but it kind of got to a place. I discussed this with my sponsor and he kind of said, well, somebody has got to do it. And so I, uh, I am grateful for technology, uh, you know, not just phone calls, but, I use uh, I use Skype and I use Zoom because, again, as I said, I want to see your smiling face. Um, it's the next best thing to being there. I believe that was a Hallmark uh, um, quote at one time. Well, things have changed. Now it's being able to be on a video call. And so when I can talk to uh, my sponsees uh, on a video call that are long distance, I get to actually see the facial expressions. Um, and, and that really opens up for me, uh, a lot of things. Um, 
You know, I learned in service work, um, in my work with the GDA, the hardest thing to do is to, to be on a teleconference um, when it's just on the phone because I can't read the room. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, it's really tough. And, and some of the uh, people that have gone before me express the same thing. And so uh, the GDA is starting to use Zoom platform for uh, teleconferences. And, and I can see the people and I can read the room. And it makes it a lot easier. Boy, I tell you, um, a lot is said. Uh, in silence through facial uh, um, expressions, and so I, I I use that as I as I sponsor people. Um, what else can I tell you about? I'll try and wrap this up a little bit. Um, I opened up by talking about how grateful I am to the, those that have allowed me to sponsor them because I have learned so much from them. Um, one of the things, just and just recently, I sponsor a guy who taught me a version of the set-aside prayer, and I have never heard that. And the set-aside prayer, at least the version that we use, says something like this. It says, um, God, let me set aside everything I think I know about you, S.A., myself and my disease for an open mind and a new experience. Let me be honest and thorough. And I love that prayer because it requires me not to let go of anything only to just set it aside for a moment and see what God would have for me. Boy, it's helped me to let go of a lot of things. And so I'm grateful to that one sponsor. Every time we talk, we start our talk with that prayer, that simple prayer. Um, and it helps me to be humble. It helps me to approach the talk with honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. That's for sure. But, uh, but humility is a real big one. Um, so I'll probably also, as Priscilla said, probably come up with other ideas as we go through this. Um, but I think at this time, I'll wrap up this part of it and uh, see if we have any questions or turn it back over to Harvey. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Priscilla. Um, yeah, I would love to uh, to open it up now to, uh, to anybody who uh, – I actually have a question. So if you don't mind um, – because I'm running this hour, I get to ask the first question. <laughs> so I would like both of you to answer, if you could. I know that my sponsor, the first thing he said to me on the very first page of the booklet that he gave me, the very first thing he said was, you will become a sponsor teacher. Hmm. And, that, and that was the most important thing that he said. And he said, and he quote, and he, and he shared a, a, uh, a statistic that I'm going to share with the group here. He said that in the big book, it mentions working with others 124 times in the first 88 pages. Wow. 124 times in the first 88 pages of the big book, it mentions working with others. So clearly working with others is the secret to recovery. There's nobody, nothing else that's mentioned more times in the first 88 pages, which we understand is the 12, 12, uh, the first 11 steps. So I would like to hear from both of you, if you could, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if you could share with me, with us, uh, why do you think sponsorship, has, or if you do believe that sponsorship has kept you sober and why? Hmm. Um, is this a Priscilla? I, one thing that I can um, totally say is that, number one, it helps keep me humble and sponsoring other people. But number two, it just builds my practice in um, having honest communications with, with other people, being able to learn how to have intimate conversations the other thing that it's helped me is reminds me that I suggest sponsees make phone calls. It helps remind me that it's important for me to make phone calls as well. And today was uh, one of those days that I really needed to make a lot of phone calls just because my brain was crazy. And so I think it's the gift of helping keep me sober because I remember the pain and I don't want to go back there. So I think working with others just keeps me, um, yeah, 
in that way of service. And, and that's what keeps our fellowship very strong. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Priscilla. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, again, what Priscilla said, thank you for letting me share, but <laughs> I won't do that. Anyway. I won't do that one again. Um, Yes, I believe not only does it help me stay sober, but it also helps me to stay in recovery. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. Yes. Um, we talk in the, in, at the very last instruction from step 12. says to practice these principles in all of our affairs. And the word, the key word for me is practice. Um, you know, it's like I use the analogy of a musician. Uh, the great musicians never walked up to a piano or a guitar and, and just knocked out a whole lot of riffs or uh, hit every key. It was all about practice. Well, the same thing, you know, we're giving this design for a living and uh, it has to be practiced. And there's so many different arenas and sponsorship is one of those arenas that allows me to practice the principles. I told you early on, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I tried to fix my sponsees. Um, I was in therapy so I could be a therapist um, and on and on and on. What I know now is that I'm not your therapist. I'm not your best friend. Um, I'm not your, your wife, that's for sure, or your husband. Um, I'm, I'm none of those things. I'm just a sick sexaholic who was given a gift by others, and I get to pass it on. Um, and so as I practice the principles, humility, uh, actions of love, uh, etc., my recovery gets a little bit deeper with every, every conversation. Um, I will also echo the intimate part. We talk about making the real connection. Mm-hmm. That's the real connection. When you can sit down with somebody and just listen for hours, not drive the conversation, just allow somebody to talk mm-hmm. because that's usually what they just need to do. I'm of the belief that every one of us has the answer within us. We just mm-hmm. need somebody to listen. And many times higher power can move in that conversation and I don't have to say a word. I just need to listen. And pretty soon they know their answer. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to watch that happen. And I walk away from those times going, oh, oh my gosh, there is a God. There really is. And this guy got his answer and I had absolutely nothing to do with it except just to listen. Mm-hmm. Man. So, yeah, that's how I would answer that question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I, I have mentioned it to my sponsees that I believe, and I think this is some of what Tom was going on. Um, I think that if you really want to know if you have this material down, if you really have a clarity of it, try teaching it to someone else. Mm-hmm. If I can't teach it to someone else, then I need to go back and study it some more because if I don't understand a math theorem properly and I can't share it and teach it to you, then I don't really have it. Um, and I need to have it. I, I really need to own this material. I need to, I, I need to, 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 you know, viscerally own it, to have it in my body, to, to, to really, to, to have it as deeply as I can and as, as profoundly as I can. And the way that I prove that to myself not you know, and and in order to to remind myself how much more I could still be learning is to try to teach it to someone. And I can't tell you how many times my sponsor gets phone calls from me about my sponsees and a problem that I'm having with their four step or their mm. or their seven step or you know. And he took me through the steps, and I think he did a pretty good job. Uh, he's he, I'm staying sober, thankfully, but uh, you know he. He's always available. He's taken hundreds and hundreds of people through the steps. He's sober since, uh, you know, over 20 years. And, and he's so amazing at being able to be there for me to help me with questions that I have about how do I get this guy to understand a certain resentment. Or, you know, here's a man, he's married for eight years and he doesn't resent his wife. What do I do? <laughs> There's no such thing. I, it can't be, right? You know, there must, he's denial. Like, how do I fix this? <laughs> anyway, that's just an example. But, you know, so I, I think that being able to be there to, to remind myself and to show my, and to remind, help me understand what I don't yet understand 
is a valuable tool that I get from the sponsorship, the sponsorship that I do. And I, just to say another one that I've, I didn't, I don't think anybody mentioned here so much, although Tom did again, mention it a little bit. I am so profoundly enriched by the opportunities that I see in my world, in my sponsorship world, where I get to be there when somebody has a spiritual experience hmm. and I get to vicariously live that experience with them because uh, I know that I can't have a profound <clears throat> static heart Mount Sinai kind of event in my life every day. You know, I live on a nice level plane of hopefully of communication and connection with God. And I have a relationship with him. I try to live in that fourth dimension, but it's a, it's a nice kind of a nice hum, but I don't get this, you know, this exciting flip, you know, like I got when I actually had, when I had my, when I did my uh, fourth and fifth step with my sponsor, I had a moment like that. So when I see my sponsees having such an experience, I live vicariously through that. And it reminds me that God is really here in these rooms. And, and sometimes when I don't know what to say, and I just open my lips a little bit and out of my mouth comes words that I don't for the life of me understand where they came from. That's again, an opportunity that sponsorship has allowed me that, you know, and, and I'm an ADD child. And the fact that I can focus on this meeting <laughs> today is, is an absolute miracle. And I think, again, I think that's part of, I am sure that most of my ADD today, I realize must have been some of my addiction, my early addictive issues, not allowing me to focus. And I've, mm. I've learned how to focus better as a result of this. I don't know if any of you have noticed those things, but uh, that's, that's been my experience. Uh, there was a question over here on the uh, group chat that I would like to open up to all of us. Uh, what is your view of chasing a sponsee? Hmm. Call, if they don't show up for several meetings, what do you do? Priscilla, can you respond to that? Uh, my feeling is that it's um, the individual's program getting to work their own program. And I, I don't make phone calls um, to f chase down sponsees. <clears throat> um, I, I will say if it's been several months, I might make a phone call just to check in with them, but, but I, I don't chase them down. I don't know, Tom, what, what your thinking is on that. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I, Again, I told you that I usually ask my sponsees to call me at least once a week. Um, I try to know what's going on in their lives, get them to open up. And so if I know that they're going through something and I don't hear from them, then I'm probably going to look, 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 look for them. But if it's just the uh, complacency that I think all of us may go through from time to time, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm one of those that, that I'm going to let you have enough rope. And then when you put it around your neck, I will remind you that you're choking. Um, and, the, and usually the sponsee will say, Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So can I help you take the rope around your, off your neck or do you want to just keep it there for a while? Um, you know, it, Again, I'm not the Gestapo type of sponsee. I'm not going to, uh, you know, you missed a, you missed a call. We're done. It's, uh, it's, you know, people are infallible. I know I am. So thank you. Does anybody else want to comment on that question? Some of you must be sponsors. <laughs> well, that, I have a question. Okay. Uh, it's Priscilla. I'm curious, it, it's frustrating to be in a meeting and when you've got somebody new looking for a sponsor and everyone else is too busy to take on another sponsee. And I don't, I mean, I know that's not my job to control things, but I'm curious if that's the experience other people have as well, that you've got a group uh, that typically get together you know, they're there for almost every meeting, but then you know that they're not taking on sponsees. And I guess I just need to say that out loud, that that's one of those things that I wish I could magically fix. And I don't know if you folks have experienced the same thing or not. 
So I'll answer that question if you don't mind. I'm Harvey. Sure. I'm, grateful. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic in Toronto, and uh, I shouldn't have told you where I live because now if I tell you what I'm, my experience is in, in the face-to-face <laughs> meetings, you'll know I'm, where I'm talking about. And we're hopefully hosting the convention in two years, so I'm a little bit careful. Um, <laughs> but I have experienced that. Uh, I got into this program in January of 2014, and I sat around for, I would say, at least four months before anybody ever walked over to me and said, so, Harvey, you got a sponsor? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I frankly was scared. I won't say the word, but you, want, you can get it. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> of, uh, of having a sponsor, of having anybody, you know, get that close to me, of having to be that, you know, absolutely vulnerable and, and, and naked in front of anybody uh, emotionally. Uh, and it was, it was uh, I, I, you know, so I, I looked at the guy and said, you think I need one? And the guy said, well, that's what the idea of this program is. I think you kind of do. And then I kind of looked and, and like you said, you know, at the end of the meeting, they say, uh, is there anybody here who is available to sponsor? Right. And of course, nobody put up their hands. And I, I think it's, I think there's a course in this, you know, nobody's supposed to put up their hands. I actually believe that at one point, you know. <laughs> We're told not to put up our hands because we need the people to come to us rather than them, that we go to them. We're, it's not a, it's attraction, right? Uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not promotion. Uh, we understand that from our tradition. So we're not supposed to promote ourselves. So we're not supposed to put up our hands, you know, and, and, I, and I believe that. Um, so I, I rarely put up my hand, but I'm thinking I'll go up to a newcomer and say, hey, you know, uh, if you need to talk, if you know, you want us to go for coffee. And, and I'll, I'll try to make myself, you know, I, I go to, I go to face-to-face meetings looking, uh, trolling for newcomers. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I go to meetings. And, uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it is a, a, a serious problem in SA. I think it's certainly in where I am and I, you already heard where I am. Um, it's really difficult to find anybody who will say, yes, I'm here to sponsor. If you go up to them privately, some of them will, um, but they never put up their hand. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it could be this promotion attraction thing. I'm not sure. Tom, do you have something to add? I think what I will add is is just my experience. Um, you know, first of all, um, when nobody raises their hand, I want to raise my hand so bad. But my sponsor has put me on a limit. <laughs> I'm not allowed to have more than 10 regular sponsees. But what I do is I'm not going to let a meeting pass without a hand being raised and I will raise my hand and then I will find them a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's another thing that's sad is when somebody, when they say anybody available to sponsor and nobody raises their hand and I'm going, right. Oh my gosh, I'll raise my hand, but I'm not going to sponsor him. I, 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 I don't have room, you know, yeah. I, I, my sponsor keeps me on a tight leash. <laughs> um, so that's my limit of, of regular sponsees. You know, he always says, what are you going to do if they all want to work the steps at the same time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which has happened. Uh, but I, the idea is being able to reach out to, to people who are reaching out. If, mm-hmm. if somebody is looking for a sponsor and, and nobody will raise their hand, I will help them find a sponsor. That's maybe good. not at that meeting, maybe at another meeting, but they'll find, I'll get them a sponsor. Cool. Thanks. That's a good answer. Do you have meetings uh, in your meetings? Do you ask, does anybody need a sponsor? Are you talking Priscilla? Any, to me? Uh, yeah, uh, okay. We, we do ask uh, if anybody's willing to sponsor. No, no, no. Does anybody need one? Was my question. Oh, does anybody need a sponsor? Yes, I'm sure there are. Do we ask that? One of, my, one of my meetings does. One of my meetings asks both. Uh, really? Anybody looking for a sponsor, raise your hand. Anybody willing to sponsor, raise your hand. Hmm. So okay, one of my I've, meetings does I've that. never heard that at a meeting, Tom, and I, that's very interesting. Okay, yeah. good. Miss Steve in San Diego, at all Hi, our Steve. meetings in San Diego, we ask both of those questions. Hmm. And uh, also there's a fair amount of good sponsorship, and there's a lot of voluntolding going on. I've taken time. <laughs> I know I like it. have completed the steps and somebody says, I need a new sponsor. He said, I'm looking for a sponsor. So I take my sponsor or them. And I said, I introduce this as your sponsor. <laughs> you guys go have a cup of coffee and work this out. Mm-hmm. It kind of comes from the A model. I mean, we carry the message. It's not a program of attraction at that level. I mean, if we had done that, we would, none of us would be here. 
Bill hmm. went to Bob and they went to the third alcoholic and so forth and so on. So it's not a program of trash in that sense. And also I've asked people, I said, how many people in this meeting are six months sober and have completed the first six or seven steps? Raise your hand. That's you ought to be sponsoring somebody now. Hmm. I said, and part of the problem is that those of us have some time, like Tom was saying, can't take anymore. Right. And, and got to start somewhere and everybody's afraid you're going to hurt them. Well, if they're not ready. You can't help them. And if they are ready, you really can't hurt them. And, <laughs> you know, lead them to the steps. And as Tom said, we're just going to do the steps. I'm going to be a counselor here. And above all else, when you get stuck, like my first sponsor said, Steve, you're working through the steps and they ask you any difficult questions. You say, I got to check with my sponsor first. Right. Oh, hundred percent. In early society, I needed to check with my sponsor before I, you know, said any information. And the other thing that comment, I'm kind of one of those maybe out there difference when the word suggestion comes from the old 1935 dictionary, which means a suggested program of action, a subtle command, not (laughs) what we think, oh, my God, I can do it if I want to or not. (laughs) So I know in the white book, the word directions in regards to taking directions is used eight times and. There's a pamphlet called Practical Guidelines for Recovery, and it's used like five times in there. But what I really like in the pamphlet, it talks about uh, our common tendency is to be overly tolerant in sobriety. Not only regular members, but uh, we are people pleasers, and we can actually support the person's problems. If we ever get beyond not making waves and being nice by not speaking up and never insisting at the meeting, so forth and so on. And so I'm not afraid to make waves occasionally. And uh, I remember many, many years ago, a guy from L.A. came before I was in San Diego. A guy came down, uh, Tom and I know this man, and this guy came down from L.A. And he sat at a meeting at the end of the meeting. He said, i got to say something. This meeting, it sucks. This is a terrible meeting. <laughs> All you people are doing is throwing up on the floor. You're carrying the mess, not the message. <laughs> he had the courage to say that, and everybody got a little feisty. But after they left, they all sat back and went, I got, he's right. <laughs> You know, maybe we need to take a look at that. And having done that maybe three or four years ago, I was in a meeting and the people were talking, I've been in SA for four years and five years and I'm still on step two or step three. And so I just said, you know, if this upsets you, so be it. I don't mean to. But the reason you're not having recovery is because you're taking three years to do three steps. It's not the step of your club or the step a month club. (laughs) And so I think it's incumbent upon people to to. uh, as the pamphlet says, is don't be worried about stepping on toes. It's not about grandizing yourself. But our ten- my tendency not to speak up is you won't like me. It's going to be codependent. And what do you think of me? Well, what you think of me is none of my business. But, but historically, it has been. So I've sat back afraid to say anything, watching meetings deteriorate, or people say, I've been in the program for 10 years and, and, and whatever, you know. And so anyway, I, I come from a school through the A thing that says – I'm kind of one of those directive sponsors on page 96. It says we find it a waste of time to chase someone who doesn't want we have to offer. Go find somebody else who's willing to work on the program. And I don't fire per se. I just say, you know, it doesn't sound like you're ready. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be sitting on the Titanic changing seats. Right. So uh, anyway, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Stephen. Anybody else want to talk? Yeah, hi. Hi, I am uh, Lillian. Uh, I call from Warsaw, Poland. Uh, I'm oh, sure if... ah, <laughs> yes, in the middle of the night, I can sleep. Uh, um, uh, I want to ask you, uh, how many sponsors do you have? Uh, how much is too much? I'm, I'm very new in sponsoring, and it's important to me not to be overworked. Anybody want to take that question? Yeah, I'll take that. Um, I think it depends on the person, and it also depends on the type of sponsees. Like I said, I I have 10 regular sponsees, and I've had that for years. But I also have a lot of service sponsees um, that I'm working with. Um, You know, uh, people who have gotten into the service structure at, you know, many different levels. Um, and I, I, that's been really a joy. Um, one of my, or two of my service sponsees, uh, we're doing concepts and I take them through the concepts every week. Um, and you know, so that 
I guess that counts too. <laughs> uh, you know, but the, having a limit, um, it depends on, on you. I think, um, I was grateful for one sponsee when I was, uh, early on in the program, my first sponsee. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. Uh, I'm grateful for my sponsor that keeps me at 10 because mm-hmm. he's right. If they all decided to work at all at the same time, I'd be overwhelmed. Um, cause I need time for my own step work, my own, uh, uh, tradition and concept work. Um, so I think that's, that's what I'll share. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's Priscilla from, um, Tennessee. And that's such a good question. I think that when I start feeling resentful that I've got another sponsee making a phone call, then I realize that I'm kind of, my life's out of balance. My um, recovery's out of balance. So I think it's important to remember that we keep things in balance, our life, whether it's our work, our family and recovery. And so having too many sponsees, you, I think can tend to overburden yourself and not be able to um, be able to give as much of yourself as you might like to. That's it. Yeah, this is, uh, this is Nick. I'm a sexaholic from uh, Milwaukee. Okay, Nick. Hey guys. Um, hey, go ahead, Nick. So sober since November, uh, 26, 2013. Um, I am, uh, I'm finding on this, uh, on this subject of, uh, sponsorship as well. And, you know, I think Tom and Priscilla, you guys have uh, already mentioned that, um, I have a limit, uh, as far as my sponsees go as well, according to my, uh, sponsor, because he knows that, um, being a sober and a single guy in the, in the context of the fellowship, um, I go to a lot of meetings I'm involved in a lot of service work here, um, which I love doing. And um, uh, I also have a uh, performance background. So I love, you know, being up in front of people. I feel very comfortable doing that. Yet I realized um, just within this, uh, just within this last, uh, just within this last year that um, I have because, and you guys are, have already mentioned it, um, this, this sense of sponsors not of sponsors, excuse me, not being available. That um, I tend to use that and was in one of my character defects. It's like a rescuing behavior, hmm. um, and uh, you know, there's almost kind of a sense because of the service work and because of uh, you know all the meetings I go to. A lot of people know me up here in the Milwaukee area, and so it's kind of like, yeah, well. It's kind of a sense like, yeah, Nick will do it or, you know, um, so I just have to be very, uh, I just have to be very careful of that. Um, and that's why I talk to my sponsor regularly um, so that I don't get into this uh, uh, rescuing uh, behavior because that's almost kind of like a codependency then. And uh, I certainly don't want to do that. Um, so I really appreciate it. Love what all you guys have shared at this point. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Um, I'll throw in a couple of sentences on this, too. Um, I want to let everybody know we're, we're coming down to the last five minutes of this hour, just for those of you who haven't had a chance to say who do want to speak. Um, my my uh, criteria, I mean, I, I'm still working full time, so I can't, I don't know how anybody does 10, but um, I, I do uh, as many as I feel that I can comfortably, and I, I think that's kind of what Priscilla was saying. If I start to get anxious and and worried and 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 start getting a little unhappy that people are calling or oh shoot i have to work with this guy for an hour and a half tonight i, I know i've taken on too many and uh so that that is my uh that that is what i use as my as my criteria and i i have actually done that a couple times taken a few too many so i um yeah so i see we have a couple people with raised hands so um i don't know who wants to speak next Is it James? James, you're muted. You got to unmute, James. I think people were waving. Yeah. 
So I see a wave. James is waving. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, this is, is that you? Jeff, Jeff. Um Yeah, I just wanted to just kind of get my voice out there so I'm not sitting in silence. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for everyone for sharing and and great topics. And when I when I started with our meeting where we are, and the meeting was maybe a year old at that time, and for at least I would say a year or about that, there was only one person that could sponsor. Hmm. Um, now we, we have this week like 18 guys at our meeting and we have probably five guys that could sponsor. So it's really nice. And, um, and you know, I'm sponsoring a, a couple of guys and, you know, I said to one of the guys when he, you know, I said, oh, you could sponsor now. And it's like, what? I could sponsor? Because that was the same reaction I had when my sponsor to me. Oh, you could sponsor now. I'm like, what? I could sponsor now? Are you kidding? <laughs> um, and my, this other person I'm sponsoring, I'm like, dude, you got to get through the steps, man, because there's people that need sponsors. <laughs> and um, we used to have a thing where whoever could sponsor, like, raise your hand. And sometimes it would be one or two people would raise their hand and then you ended up having like not having to, but so we changed our format to say whoever needs a sponsor should see one of us after the meeting, um, which is, has its ups and its downs to that. Um, uh, but I noticed lately, like I started meeting with a sponsor, like after the meeting, I guess time's running out. So I'll just cut off, but which started, I think getting people in the idea, Oh, there are sponsors. There are working with people. Mm. See it happening. I think it was helpful. Anyway, thanks. Thanks. <clears throat> right. Who else wanted to make a comment? Uh, we got three minutes. Um, I see a James, but I don't know. Hey, uh, hey, Harvey. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Yeah. Um, so I had asked a question um, a little bit ago and, uh, I know we're getting close to the time here. You know, when sponsees slip, um, I find it difficult at times to not try to control them. Like I said, to have them kind of ramp it up. Um, so how do I, how do we navigate that so that they still manage to stay accountable? Thank you. Tom. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I try to work with the sponsee for they need to discover what's going on with them. Why, why they are struggling. Um, you know, I make suggestions like uh, one of the phrases I use, uh, are you still leaving the back door open? Uh, hmm. You know, uh, I am one of those people who realize every day that I have no other options. I closed that back door a long time ago. Um, and, and so I know that anything I tell somebody probably won't get, get heard. But if I can work with somebody and let them come up with their own answers, um, they'll hear that answer a little bit more. And, you know, I see results from that. Um, you know, like I said earlier, I really do believe that everybody has the answers they need if they'll just <laughs> – you know, have somebody to listen and invent and, and get it out and work it through. And amazingly, higher power does a lot of the work for you. Um, um, as a sponsor, I've, I've started, not started, but when I did finally start letting God run the show, um, my sponsees weren't struggling as much anymore. Gee, I wonder if that was me. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm Harvey. I would say that <clears throat> I, I I don't try to tell people uh, what to do, and like, kind of like what Tom was saying. Um, I ask them uh, if they can do a post mortem. Like, why are they relapsing every other day? What's going on? Um, and I, it's it's important for them to be able to hear themselves. Um, 
admit and 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 figure out what it is that they're not doing and i've we've gone through are you getting up in the morning do you say your third step prayer in the first thing before you get out of bed you get on your knees do you are you praying are you meditating for me meditation has become part of my life if i don't meditate three times a day it's like taking antibiotics i need to take my antibiotics i need to take my meditation and um you know and if after a few weeks i've told my sponsor sponsees uh, why don't you try meditating? And here's a program. This is what I'd like you to try. This is a couple. I have a couple of audios that I send out. And if I, after a few weeks, I they, they say they're, they're relapsing. I say, well, how's that meditation going for you? I'll yeah. ask those questions. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and, and dollars to donuts to say, well, I haven't really tried it. Or I'm such an ADD child that I can't sit for more than a minute and a half. I said, well, then start with a minute and a half. That's right. You know? Yeah. But anyway, we're 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 out of time. Actually, we're running rushing uh, overtime. Uh, I wanted to quote the big book before we finish. Uh, as we finish, page ninety-five in the big book is one of my favorite expressions, com- little comments about uh, sponsorship. It's in the chapter called "Working with Others," and I, I think this was something that my sponsor shared with me, and uh, it's been my uh, one of my credos. It's in the middle of the first pa- paragraph on page 95. It says, never talk down to a sexaholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they worked with you. Offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. Hmm. And as we close this meeting, I would like to ask um, Priscilla to take us out of this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the prayer of your choice. All right. My name's Priscilla, and let's have a moment of silence for folks who are still out there suffering. And let's close with the serenity prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference just for today.